Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that defends and upholds the tightest of theater etiquette my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're heading out for a late night double feature picture show as we talk the indonesian horror film midnight show and you don't have to stay up late to listen into our piddly program just search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are played Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your ticket stub hole. And when you're out in the lobby, uh, you can look us up on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have a little events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, June 26th, that very night, that very weekend at Screenland Armor, mm-hmm. we have, oh, do we have some things to show you. Your head counselors are back, and you better be in your bunks and ready for the show, or you're going to pay the price. Oh, no, we, we, we won't get into the price uh, of what it is, but by that, uh, the cutoffs are coming back because we have a camp double feature going on that Friday at 8 o'clock, Screenland Armor, mm-hmm. and what two films will we be taking in there, Genius? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be at the double feature. This is going to be the double feature where e- even if you've seen this movie a million times, you're going to want to watch it with the crowd. We have a fan. We have two fan favorites. favorites, two fan favorites. One of them, probably one of my favorite installments in a long-running franchise, and that's Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, because yeah, bang. And then we have an unblinking look at what trauma can go through. Why, just the other day I was talking to Greg, wouldn't it be marvelous if we saw Sleepaway Camp in the theater the other day? Why, why that's just a great idea. I think we'll do that. Sleepaway Camp, we're going to eat shit and live. It's going to be grand. These screenings, especially Sleepaway Camp, oh. always fun. Always fun. And the great connective tissue with this is both of these are the rare summer camp slasher films that actually feature children mm-hmm. in the mix. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean they're safe. Exactly. Exactly. And I know they're going to be pl- re- uh, playing it again on Sunday. So, again, go over to Screenland.com to check out all the things that are going on there. And then, of course, that following Saturday, we think, again, just take a look there, uh, but we're going to be doing our next Shutter shout-out double feature. Mm-hmm. And much like we did with the last one when we did uh, we're the uh, Summer of Slashers, mm-hmm. uh, we are taking on, and these actually... We're going back out camping. Indeed we are, because we've got um, an old one and a new one. Something uh-huh. old, something new, if you will. S- something b- beaten black and blue. <laughs> We've got uh, Madman. Mm-hmm, with Madman Mad Mad Mars. Mars. Yes. Yes. Going up against Jen Wexler's The Ranger. Mm-hmm. Which is in, I've seen that. Okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah. And well, so I'm looking forward to, well, I mean, it's new, so I can't say that. No, I haven't seen it. Sure, I, but I'm you, looking forward to it, because I've heard nothing but good stuff. I really enjoyed that one, and I'm anxious to revisit it again. And Madman, I think, is one of those underseen, underrated ones. Very much so. I know, uh, I believe Vinegar Syndrome actually did put a recent Blu-ray, and that tells you exactly just how like unknown it is for the most part yeah. when vinegar syndrome puts out something of yours it's going to find an audience and you know when vinegar syndrome puts something it's out gonna it's be gonna be wild <laughs> guaranteed but uh to uh, join in on our basically uh, you know we are doing stuff in the theater and we're doing stuff virtually as well so we got you coming and going absolutely and you can uh, have all that kind of shutter shout out fun by joining the patreon family with screenland so go to patreon.com slash screenland and we're going to be in your homes, basically. Mm-hmm. It's time we're home. <laughs> Ty, we're talking to you. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of Patreon and the film family, of course, we are now two months in to mm-hmm. our own little Patreon launch. Mm-hmm. That's two months of content at this point. We've put out two commentary tracks, mm-hmm. uh, two new released episodes, 
Um, I've been carrying out my uh, entire, I've seen that journey so much, but also one of the perks is our little shout outs. We got, we got to take, we got to show love to our Patreon pallies. And uh, I mentioned the Kansas City Horror Club before, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're a little. We've got some bias uh, right, on the right. show. We, we'll, we'll, you know, let that up front. I liked it so much about the company, <laughs> El Presidente here. But for me, and just being the socially awkward introvert that I am, anytime that I have a chance to s- not safely engage—that sounds so horrible—but you know, to let myself out there, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City Horror Club has really allowed that for me. You know, through the events you guys have put on, um, and just so many different events. Um, from movie watching to 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 you know, music to just art shows and everything, a wonderful diverse group of experiences, but also a wonderful di- diverse group of people as well. Well, thank you, and definitely, uh, yeah, right, mm-hmm. right, and I, that is one of the person we're going to shout out here to is has been beyond supportive mm-hmm. for just you and me and the Kansas City horror scene, Absolutely. the genre scene in general, um, and if it wasn't for the Kansas City Horror Club. This person may not be in my life, and it would be poor for that. I will 100% stand by that statement. He is a fantastic painter, as it turns out. Yes, he is, much to my chagrin many a time. He's a ringer, you know, for those horror club art nights. Uh, Also does a little acting on the side as well. Mm -hmm. But Tim Metcalf, thank you for being a friend. Fucking Tim. God damn it. Yes, Tim, you are awesome, even though your paintings suck. His paintings are great, mind you, but not when you're painting right next to him. It's like I like by putting my pay because he comes to he comes to everything and he's so supportive and he comes to the meetings and he's just right there with ideas and suggestions. Tim is a fucking amazing dude. Unless you're painting right next to him, because we're painting it. <laughs> I mean, it's like putting a paint by fingers kit right next to something that you'd see in the Louvre. It's apples and orange Julius. It's nowhere near. And so we're like, fucking Tim, great guy, hell of a painter. Fucking paintings suck. They wonderfully suck. <laughs> well, and my the one of the the ones I went to, I just people are even saying, well, just don't compare yourself. Yeah, to Yeah, don't look at Tim. Just don't look at Tim. Do do whatever you need to do. Your thing is not going to be as bad as you think it is unless you look at Tim. So, so, I mean, but again, you know, and Tim being that he is so supportive, obviously. He's awesome. He's a wonderful person. Beyond awesome. So, Tim, thank you for, you know, being a member of our film family. But also, fucking rad. Thanks for being a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, sincerely, like every now and again on Facebook, he'll shoot me a message. Hey, how you doing, dude? Because he knows I'm dealing with stuff, you know. So, again, it's just nice to be engaging with mm-hmm. good people man it's yeah. just always good so he's a solid solid dude if this sounds like a, a group of people you would like to be involved with you know minus genius and myself of course right you can join our film family over at patreon at patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead we've got all sorts of things from a squiddly diddly to another time another place all sorts of good stuff thanks bellies indeed well we were talking off mic mm-hmm. and i don't know about you but you know now that i'm i'm 44 i turned 44 this year I feel every bit of 44. Oh, fuck yeah, man. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but I was reflecting on this because the movie we're going to talk about is built around seeing a movie at midnight. Mm-hmm. And mid- midnight movies, do they still happen all that often? No. The only ones that I'm knowing of now are either special events or like at cons. Okay. That you makes know? sense. But there's no more like... Cause back in the day, even like they even better. You remember the whole um, dusk till dawn marathons, you know, and just like the oh, whole yeah. like midnight screening of the. And I was always too young to really appreciate those things and go to those things. And now when I was could, I can't. But I I jump at the chance to do them now. If I don't work the next day, that's fair. See. As I get as I get older, because you're saying, man. Oh. I feel every single <laughs> mile put on me. So, and you you got to pick your spots because yeah. I was thinking about it. I used to go to midnight screenings all the time. Yeah, and a lot of them were the newer releases because this is before they would do like Thursday at seven o'clock screenings. You mm-hmm. would have to wait till twelve oh one a.m. to do the thing you want to do. Yeah, if you wanted that early of a sneak peek. And I remember there for a three year run in December. I would always go see the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. I would always go to the midnight screenings because I just couldn't wait. And I was still young enough where nerd getting out at three in the morning <laughs> yeah. wasn't a big deal. Right, right, right. But I was even thinking back the last time I went to a midnight <laughs> movie was a new release. And it was one that we were all out at, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was for Rise of Skywalker. Yep. 
it had to be a Star Wars movie to, to pull you out that late because that's a still a two and a half hour movie. Well, we got a, that out of there in like three o'clock. It, well, of course, it's everything that is new is going to be two and a half hours. You because know? we got to wait for the credits and it's, you know you got it uh, and that in and of itself. Because listen, we talked to uh, Patrick Rea about our thoughts on that film. I enjoy it. I'm not going to trash it, but it's kind of a mess. Yeah. But, okay, so going back to back in the day, I used to go to Rocky Horror, like, every other week for a good, like, three or four-month stretch in the summer, and then for about two years. What was the theater? It was, I believe it was called the either the Trail Ridge or the Neiman Theater, but it was on, Let's get, like, let's get regional. It let's was on regional. 63rd and Neiman, I believe. There okay. was a dry cleaner's. And there was a Perkins not far away, so you know where that led to. Was that did that used to be They're close liquor to store. an eighteen and under dance club? I don't think how close it was. was. Maybe it was. Maybe there was an eighteen or under dance club close by. I don't know if I went there. I, I knew but, of it because I would never go there, but I remember of hearing this mythical place in that area. I believe I re- the eighteenth and under. I think it was used to be close to. I think it's the Peanut now. Uh, Possibly over there by Possibly. Power Play. But anyway, so no, we'd go there. We'd go there and like you know science fiction and do our thing, right? And then um, the couple of first years of Panic Fest that I would go to because then again you wouldn't go to every now and then they'd have a midnight screening of Faces yes. of Death three. You know, Something. And, Notorious. Yeah, something like awful and gnarly. That you would have to play at midnight. Right, right. And then when you go to Panic Fest coming up, I went to the midnight screening of Cannibal Holocaust because it was I've never seen that and I wanted to see it. Wait, you saw that for the first time at in a the midnight theater, screening? In the theater, yeah. yeah. Oh and my god. Thanks, Panic Fest. Um, <laughs> another one I because I wanted to see and they had it was Cheerleader Camp. Yes. And like seeing fifty foot buck flowers doing buckisms, like again, I'm telling you, my favorite buck flower line of all time. One of my favorite ones comes from that movie where all these like college cheerleaders are coming off the bus for the titular cheerleader camp, and he's just talking to the other workers, and he's, "Them girls will make your pee pee harder than a ten dollar bag of nickel jawbreakers." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just all buck flowery, and it's a great, it's a great horror comedy, yeah. Right, and then the other one I saw the midnight screening at panic fest again thanks panic fest was the poughkeepsie tapes oh which still goodness. i don't know what happened to me that day it, you know what it's the fact that it's a midnight screening like you're probably punch drunk <laughs> guaranteed making memories of panic fest that's what I, happens man what? just the people on the, i can't even think what the people in the back rows could hear because it was kind of an empty theater and i'm over there fucking cape fearing it going ha 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 I'm sure they were probably afraid, my friend. They didn't want to look that way. They didn't right. want to, you know, just, just you know, make no eye contact no. with them. <laughs> Do we, are you sure we want to be part of the horror club? Wait, well, wait. I mean, look at <laughs> Was that Theater 2 then? Mm-mm. Or was it Theater 1? It was Theater 1. <laughs> it was Theater 1. And you know how my voice echoes in Theater 1, dude. And it can definitely carry a it little. Was, <laughs> it sounded like fucking Sonny Landon was in the yep. theater. <laughs> the joke truly hit, definitely. Um, I definitely think of it more of a, uh, as a young person's game. Like I said, I now <laughs> because beyond the rise of Skywalker, I think the last time I went to a true, like new released midnight screening, <clears throat> because again they weren't doing them on Thursdays, was Spider Man Two. Yeah, and because I was living in Lawrence at the time, and I remember driving from Lawrence, uh, from Olathe is where I screened it with my roommate, and it was you know. Three o'clock in the morning again, going, God, I've got like a class at eight. Honestly, if you're going to do a midnight showing, Spider-Man 2 is the one to do it. Spider-Man 2 is fucking the best one. The ride home was wonderful. We were beaming the entire way, thankfully, because otherwise it would have probably fallen. It would have been like when we went to Phantom Menace. Like, me and my Baldy, like, man, that movie was whack. Just like, grumble, grumble. I, I remember walking away from the Phantom Menace. My cousin Josh stood in line for about a week or two actually camped out because we saw it at the Glenwood and I remember leaving feeling unsatisfied but I didn't want to voice it because everyone else around me was you know having a great time enjoying it there's the best Star Wars ever and I'm like was right like I didn't yeah. say anything you know have you seen Empire well like, you know like, but then that's when I came to the realization that oh yeah it's for the it's, next generation right okay, that's for good us. Uh, I like going to midnight screenings and post midnight screenings at like cons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like, did you go to the Riccio midnight screening? No, I did not. I think it was a Crypticon. 
and they had their movie room. This was when they had the movie room. Well, movie of course, room. well if it was Crypticon on, at late at night, I was gone by then. <laughs> Come well, on. they had a midnight screening of Riccio, Riccio. and it was dope. Yeah. Well, and I think my favorite one is I remember I took my cousin, and it was this old theater in Mission, Kansas. Uh, had the kind of the classic old school marquee on the front, mm-hmm. and it was a true midnight screening of Evil Dead, the original. And That'd they were dope. It, it was fantastic. It was her first time seeing it, which was awesome. Um, but memorably for me, they had a, basically a pre-show going, but it wasn't necessarily a pre-show. What they were doing is I was amazed because it was this home video footage of these kids recreating Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it was mind-blowingly accurate for as far as they could, mm-hmm. but you could tell there was like joy behind it. And I was blown away. In fact, when they, they ended it to put on, I was like not booing, but I was like, oh, I kind of want to continue Kind of want to finish watching this show. Like, why'd you change it? And as it turns out, that was, um, oh my God, there's a documentary that has now been made about them. Yeah. Uh, and they've actually been able to, I actually got to it's see it. It's had a road show. I, I saw it at the Alamo, actually. Yeah. It was awesome. And I got to share that story. I was like, and it was many, many moons ago. I mean, this had to have been in maybe the late 90s or so. Oh, wow. So it was a long time ago when this happened, but had genuine joy of midnight screenings at that time yeah now again uh, you know i gotta take a week's vacation afterwards but yeah if i know i ain't doing shit and depending on the movie because for because because for example okay prime example me and you not have a debate but like remember after nerd no after a dismember Mm -hmm. right and like, and the good news is we got out of before eleven thirty, and then there a lot of people are like, yeah, and I'm like, I still want to see another movie, and other people are like, yeah, you know. So it's like, I don't know. There's two kind of camps on that. I'm always down for a midnight movie, like at home. Yeah. Like I'm like, it's midnight. Well, yeah, okay. I got it. I got a movie in me. I got a movie in me. Depending, I'm not gonna put on like Parasite. Right. You know, right. But I'm something on a, heavy. Right. But something like but quick, lean and mean is lean good. Lean and mean, lean is, and mean really is, good. is especially for midnight. And that's just it. I mean, a midnight movie has to be a particular type of film. Yes, you can't have like remains of the day as your midnight. Now, movie. Don't get me wrong. I would probably end up going to like a midnight screening of Steel Magnolias potentially. But, you know, it's not really the crowd they're looking for, ultimately. The, are the bags under your eyes blushing bashful? Blushing. <laughs> <laughs> My signature colors. <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> but, ultimately, something I think that you could see at a midnight screening would be an Indonesian genre film. How many times have you heard that term? An Indonesian slasher genre film? Indonesian action genre mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is throw that Indonesian label on it. Yeah. And I automatically assume... The raid. I'm going to see some brutal violence. Mm-hmm. Just unflinching. Um, I'm going to see something probably that's going to make me go... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like the... Gasper wince. The, the, the C&C, you know, of just you, yeah. you know. Um, we've talked about kind of the discipline of international horror, how... Mm-hmm. Initially, sometimes, be it just the subtitles, the cultural translations and differences, sometimes it can be not challenging, but it's something you have to... You can miss something. Very much so. It's easy to miss something with uh, international movies, because, again... If you don't know, if the movie is steeped in a culture, even if not even international movies, I'm watching something about people in Boston and I'm like, I have no clue what they're talking about or what they're doing, you know? (laughs) So let me put on subtitles. So cultural context goes a long way. Right. But I mean, like, so yeah, cultural context and like all that, a lot of things can be, and I think that's why a lot of people don't like international movies because one they don't want to read which i think is fucking stupid if you can't that's one thing but if you you know that's one thing if you can if you're yeah that's fair 100 fair but if you can come on and then two they get lost easily i'm even guilty of that something like for example while the the original junon the curse yes right i I got lost in a lot of things but i still enjoyed it absolutely so even I, i think it's it's challenging for them on those two aspects one that's a cop out but the two, the understanding, I get that. Certainly. But then if you can balance, though, just the the, the stuff that goes beyond international, yeah. that's universal. That's, that's when you get the good stuff. And that's just the horror. That is the genre elements of themselves. And Because in fairness, we can even go, going back to the last horror-adjacent argument, The Raid is totally a horror movie. Oh, the Raid is 100% a horror movie. There are the shot of Eco dropping down, or I can't, it's not Eco, but it's someone dropping down to yeah. the next floor when they axe through it. And then the whole gang of Marauders 
monitors come in. And it is she, the most incredible ghoulish shot I have seen. And I remember the first time I watched the raid, I literally did like, ah, when that <laughs> happened. The kills in the raid are mean and bloody and violent and visceral. Stuff you would never see. You would like would be like blushed at in an American horror film. They're even they're going, God damn. Jason Voorhees is like, oh, I like this dude's style. Yeah. You know, he's got he's some good notes, ideas. Yeah. You know, man, if I had his speed. You know? <laughs> well, there's two there's two filmmakers that I definitely think of when I think Indonesian genre, and that's uh, Gareth Evans mm-hmm. of the Raid films and Timo Tejanto mm-hmm. of The Night Comes for Us, Killers, uh, Headshot. Yeah, uh, again, brutally brutal movies, violent, brutal, movies. brutal, brutal, wonderful, violent movies. And you. Do you recall happened the very first film club? Yeah, Headshot. Was Headshot. Headshot, very first one. So the fact that, you know, we're seeing these kind of films at the Alamo, we're seeing them at Screenland, there's an audience for these Mm -hmm. films, but a lot of them are really still underseen. Yep. And I think ultimately it's because of all the things that we've talked about. And especially Indonesian horror. Horror. We don't think of, when we think of Indonesia, we think of... Of action movies, yep. just like when we think of uh, Italy, we think of horror movies. Absolutely, you know. But there's a in, Italy has a, a whole bunch of good action movies and drama. Indonesian has a whole good bunch of horror and all this other stuff. And I think that that's the wonderful thing. Like I wouldn't have even thought about an Indonesian horror movie unless I was like, "Hey, have you seen the trailer for this? It looks good." What is this? Well, that is a perfect transition then into Midnight Show from mm-hmm. 2016. A film that I couldn't even said I've seen that. Mm-mm, neither could I. And you were the one that recommended this. So yep. where did where did, how did you hear of this film? What was your inter- interaction with it initially? Like many good ideas, it came from Abby, ah, our friend at Shout out Abby, Shout of out to Abby. She goes, "Hey, have you seen this movie? I saw a trailer for it on something." And I go, "No." And she goes, "Look, look, at, look it up." And I go, "Holy shit, this looks good. You want to watch it? Yeah." And so then like. Next thing you know, like, this is a goddamn good slasher. And we were talking about, like, hey, let's stick with slashers. Yep. Ah, I happen to know of one that I can't even say that I've seen that. So, And, and it's really nice when that does happen, a film that I'm not, but I'm not surprised ultimately, because again, we are going to be unearthing a lot of new films, especially mm-hmm. when we go outside our comfort zone. Oh, yeah. And if you go to our Patreon, I've done this whole series called I've Seen That, the I've Seen That Challenge, where I've been challenging myself to, you know, every day of the, of the year to watch a, a film that is new to me. And this was a perfect Perfect one for that. Um, also, if you guys have been playing along at home, uh, F this movie and their crew, the, we're almost through June's exploitation at this point, and I've been having a grand old time with that. But this one fit perfectly in what I'm going to call, and we can argue about this, but I'm going to put this in my Jalo marker. Again, I know, see? Th- and that's, we'll talk about this, but ultimately, Midnight Show falls in the great pantheon of movies set in I can see that. the theater. Uh-huh. And I actually did a little trailer reel beforehand. I uh, had the trailer for Demons, uh-huh. uh, Killers, and Porno, which was another I've seen that on the I've Seen That Challenge. Because uh, two of them are all built around stuff happening in a theater. Killers? Which one is Killers? Killers is Tejanto. Um, it's a, oh God, it's, I've seen it one time. Uh-huh. I, I, need, I need to watch it again. I but have not it's, seen it's, that. It's one of his hardcore violent flicks. Is it like? I like Headshot, ultimately. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's well worth your time. I saw it streaming wait. on Netflix like probably like three years ago. Wait, 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 wait. I might have seen it. I might have seen it. If it's it's if it's hardcore Indonesian action, I probably have seen it. You probably it. have seen it. I probably I have seen it. But it, it veers into horror territory as well. Kind of like how it comes at night, or excuse me, the night comes for us. That's okay. a whole nother horror there. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to go no, down No, we don't want to go when it comes at night. No, yeah, the night comes for us is totally horror, even though it's it's not. It's horror in the raid-esque sense. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. So this one fell really nicely into that, because that's a genre we I know we both enjoy, because mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time in a theater. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Multiple theaters. So when you throw that in, that's also... It, you know, being that it's we're just now getting back into in a very gradual thing, um, and it's not a you know we're dipping for, our toes. So it felt nice to be in that environment again. But this is a horror film. This so you is, know, it's not going to be happiness and, and sunshines. And it's an Indonesian horror film. So then, so you know, really, it's not going to be bloodless yeah. happiness and sunshines. And the it's very rare that I will like if I'm watching a film by myself to actually text someone. Or my reactions, but the introduction of this film—it's brutal. Oh my! It's brutal. 
yeah, I text you. I was like, holy shit. I was not anticipating yeah. like this. And it sets kind of the tone for the film. But it doesn't. It, which is weird. Yeah. So I don't know if we can go much further into explaining without any spoilers. And I, this is hard to. Well, and this is, uh, you can view it right now on, it's streaming on YouTube, uh-huh. which is how we both viewed yeah, it. Yeah. From the producer and I believe the director is streaming it from their channel. So Are I they? think, so, so I it's think it's cool legit. Thing. Yeah. I okay. think it's legit. So I did, so I while I felt guilty throughout the entire time I can actually just go and retroactively alleviate that guilt. Right. No, it's from it's from the production house, I believe. So cool. there so yeah. So I would say if you have not seen this, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch it. It's an hour and 40, runs runs quickly and then come back because The less you know the better because it's kind of like you said it, I can see where it's jello cuz you don't know what's going on throughout the movie, but it's one of those ones where keep with it yes oh yeah oh yeah completely and i would maybe even just say indonesian jello potentially because yeah. you yeah. know there's there's different flavors i of will it. wholeheartedly say indonesian jello because there is kind of a mystery set up to who the killer is there are some brutal kills horribly brutal kills in this particular film and also this film is kind of like multiple films yeah like there's it's three mo- it's literally almost three movies all in one what are the so let's break down the three films mm-hmm. then from from your view uh-huh. what are the three films that we're viewing with midnight show okay so the first one we have the three movies we have we have a uh, a saw a found okay. footage saw okay now that would be ultimately and again we're gonna spoil things here that would be the final film that we mm-hmm. see at the very end when he's got his audience together mm-hmm. okay we also have a uh a 2000s, an early 2000s slasher. Yes, and that's basically the, the bulk, the of, bulk the movie. of it. Bulk of it, and then we have an early 2000 teen, 2010s like Hollywood slick slasher with ah. like with a supernatural twist to it. Yeah. Okay. I I see that as well. So we have kind of like an insidious type thing. We have a saw type thing, and then we have a uh, throw and a newer type slash. And that's the main movie, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's and that's so. What... There's these three di- totally different flavors mixed in, but they all work. So then the scene that we saw at the very beginning that was the true movie. to life. That was or the was movie. that the movie? Okay. That was the movie. Because I was lo- retroactively going, "No, wait a minute. Is that the real event that inspired everything? That set everything off, or was that just the beginning of the?" Film. that's the yeah that's the okay. beginning of the film okay that make because uh, i watched it again okay because i watched it the first time and i was like oh this is great and then but i wasn't taking notes or i wasn't like really looking into it because i was also like you know mm-hmm. just kind of like eh, and then looking eh, you know and then whatever but this time i was watching it again and i was like okay then like because now knowing the mystery yes i was catching the clues you know what to, as we we're going along uh-huh because yeah. like the first one the first time i saw it all like this movie is really good i got beefs you know this ain't the perfect movie but it's really good especially from a genre from a flavor that i'm not used to absolutely you know i'm not used to indonesian horror you're expanding your palate correct so i was like okay so then we're looking back on it and it's like there's a lot of di- there's a lot of like groundwork put in the second time and i was like i'm catching it now i'm catching it now and i can't go into it now because until you until we do true spoilers but yeah did you catch the rambo poster in the projector booth i did i and i love that they opened up in 1996 yeah and so like it was more the uh-huh that makes sense mm-hmm. well and shit porno is the same thing it's set in 92 i believe so there's something because there's no cell phones this is it true. makes it it because you can't have a slasher now without doing something along the or lines you have of like, to get, yeah, like they have to be either in the wilderness or their phones get stolen or broken. Or they've got a jammer going on a la You're Next, which right. still provides my favorite laugh from that film when the guy knows about the jammer and he's like, you're such a scumbag for knowing that. It's so goddamn good. If you haven't seen Your Next in a while, go, go revisit that one. But yeah, it, make, it makes, it's a... It's an easy way to get around that. I like to that set too. it in '96 or, or before prevalence, and also just the um, the community behind a movie theater. Again, our involvement with everyone. Like I could see people yeah. in some of those characters. Oh yeah, oh yeah, know? me too. I was like, aha. Uh-huh. and I was like, no, not. <laughs> so like, you mean the, the main character that keeps scaring the other coworkers? You didn't see a little bit of a? I don't know. <laughs> I know this guy that really enjoys things like that. But yeah, I was even looking back, and it kind of goes against. It goes well with the horror of uh, the cabin in the woods tropes. I thought so as well. 
because it's got your prototypical. You got the warnings. You got the uh, yeah. You don't have a mute warning warning of like a, the hillbilly, but you have right. warnings of like you know escape mental patient blah 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 blah. You have that all that back. It's a dark, stormy night. Yeah. It's bad stuff does come from that. And you have, like, the heroine, the final girl. You have uh, the jock. You have the scholar. You have the, the, the quote-unquote slut. You, right. have, you have all the tropes. And then so I was like, this fits our slasher trope theme, or tropes Which, which makes me wonder, ultimately, you know, was it a failed experiment then? Are the old ones going to be coming up because of that? I don't know. Let's take a look. A little, okay, so are we officially in spoiler territory? Oh, we've been in spoiler okay. territory for a while. Let's take it. Let's run it through our tropes of the gags the gore the gimmicks okay. make sure if that let's, let's look at let's look at the slasher film first absolutely absolutely so let's start with the gimmick is there a particular gimmick in the film and i would say yes yes like the multiple films um also it's especially in if we're gonna if we're gonna break it down into the three different movies uh let's talk about the the slasher film with the guy so for me his gimmick is one it's his movie based on him Mm -hmm. okay two that baby mask is creepy very creepy and he has that satchel of weapons so even if he loses one or two he still has like five or six more i have it as his bag of knives right his bag of knives basically and there was times where i was like okay keep fucking him up with the knife you know and like how does he keep getting more knives and then like First of all, it's Indonesia because everybody has like thousands of knives in Indonesia. If the raid taught me anything, <laughs> they have machetes by the door. And so <laughs> A slumber party in Indonesia might be the worst thing you could ever go to, my friend. If movies have taught us or anything. Or the best. Oh, yeah, have all the, have a dozen to one. Um, Not a deal breaker. <laughs> no. Um, no. So And so the gore? The gore in this is great. The, when it's shown. Yeah. That's one of my beef. There's two kills. Off screen that that pissed me off because I wanted to see. Okay, and well, see, and I will balance that with that. Uh, the sound design actually, I think, added to this film. Oh, when he's slicing people's throat, that squish, the you can hear like tendons being cut through. I mean, it just sounds that first kill at the very beginning with the mom. Right off the bat, right off the bat, when you open up with two very but pet cemeterian kills, the way she reacted. And that's the thing. The Indonesian violence is there's nothing ever like, yeah, about it. Or no. you know how we will with like um, certain kills in American films. Yeah. It looked painful. It looked like the worst thing that you could be going through. You're, you're, you're uh, drowning on your own blood. Like it, there was nothing. It made me feel bad yeah, it for did. what was happening. Yeah, it did. It immediately, it, like the funny games. You enjoy this kind of stuff, Greg? Well, you enjoy this right, right. now? And I was like, you no. You like what you see? And that's what I was, I think I was telling you this. I enjoyed this movie. But it wasn't fun. No. Like, it's not a fun movie. No, it's not a fun movie. This is not one that you can throw on in the background and expect everyone to cheer along. This is an investment, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was a good investment for me, definitely. And again, something to <laughs> seek out that's new there. But yeah, the gore in it. Which ones happened off screen that Alan beef with? Oh, okay, that's right. And the red herring guy. But it makes sense why he was killed off screen. Yeah. Because he's the red because herring guy. You need to, again, the jalo mystery he, The jalo mystery of it. That's why I don't want to go too, I know we're into spoilers, but if for those who are like, you know what, I'll just listen to see what else. Uh, we warned them. We, we warned, warned them. them. Yeah, because, okay, so I was like, oh, man, how come? Because the whole time I was like, it's that guy with the camera. It's that guy that's trying to bootleg the movie. <laughs> fucking shit up he's the other partner because i didn't see him the whole time and when i realized there was another partner my mind immediately went to that guy that makes sense but when it wasn't him after they're like oh oh shit it's not him who the fuck could it be the first time i was like i had no clue no clue who whatever who it could be and even towards the end i was like wait <gasps> then who's the Oh, and when that reveal hits for a brief second, I actually thought maybe before we saw someone physical pass by that they was still playing on that supernatural, the, demon, the supernatural yes. demon one. Yes. Yeah, I thought potentially that, but the no. But see, the movie fooled us with the movie in the movie. The clever girl, right? And that's why I think you have to, you have to, you have to watch this movie. Yeah. Otherwise, you will get lost. Yeah, you have to pay attention to this movie. This, Subtitles or no. And, I mean, yeah, it, and, just enjoy the ride. I enjoyed the shit out yeah. of the ride because of the uh, the uncertainty that I was experiencing. Yeah. Not being familiar with the movie, not being as familiar with maybe some of the genre tropes specifically, you know, from the Indonesian horror. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I 
beyond happy with this one. It's a Jello movie in the sense that there's a mystery aspect of it because you never really know who the killer is. Not at all. There's not a lot of eye trauma, so we don't can't go no, like, full no. on Italian Jello. However, at the very not the opening scene, but the open not the because that was the 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 mom and the dad getting fucking pet cemeteried when he gets tendonitis and then he just proceeds to chop, oh, he... chop, 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 and he's dragging the bodies. Who was it? Was it in Blood Diner or uh, no? It chop, was, chop, 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 chop up, up your mother. mother. Chop, chop, chop. Yeah, that was uh, de- that was uh, the Alone sick in the fucks. Dark. Yeah, the sick the fucks. The sick fucks. There we go. The sick fucks. But no, that's immediately because uh, it it's gruesome. Yeah, and it's and not, it's juicy. And, yeah, and it's not that fun kind of. Yeah. No, and it's a kid doing it. It's pieces. Yes, it is. It's just not what you think no, it is. No, it's not what you think it is, ultimately. <laughs> but so then, okay, so then you, you then you go into the midnight show, and then and then you have the 2000-esque type trailers. Mm-hmm. But then it comes into the first scene where you see the theater, and they have that, like, AM gold music playing, and the colors are very weird and sub, subdued, and everybody's leaving. And I was like, is this Asperia? Because it had that otherworldly well. feel to it, right? That maybe there's dream logic in the play, but then it kind of deviated. It was just for that scene. I think that was like an establishing scene, but then it went into like your basic uh, 80s-esque, no, your your, your newer yeah. type slashers. Yeah. But then, and then it went off for the ride. So, but yeah, the mystery aspect of it, because I was guessing the entire time and I was completely wrong. So, yeah, and that, let's talk about that then. Does that make sense to you? Yes, in it makes terms total of sense what happened. That it turns out that was his sister mm-hmm. and she was playing him the entire time. And, uh, Lucy, 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 I. I guess maybe I was a little confused initially just in terms of what they were revealing to us because that's a thing also because you think Bagus yes, the boy who's making just, the movie because they even said you know wouldn't it be funny if like which, we're showing his movie and he comes back for revenge him. right and then you're because th- they plant that seed because as horror fans that's what we think whenever we see based on a true story exactly and so I don't know maybe if they were just doing the false flag on that or something because it's then a, it just seems too obvious that well it couldn't be him but, why would it be if they've already talked about it but then it almost like okay but yeah and you're like it would make sense and it would be a compelling movie well, if he great. comes back yeah. and so you're like questioning like it would be good but is it though does it make sense in the context but is it him right and then when he's just killing for no reason any answers to Bogus, then everybody's like okay what's going on and then he just ties him up and again when he ties him up and he reveals his mask, because we don't know what Bogus really looks right. like. We're uh, and he obviously human, but then he looks up and he goes, "I failed you." And then all you see is shadow. And I'm like, oh, maybe it, the first it, time I saw it, I'm like, okay, maybe it, maybe what we saw in the beginning was really what right. happened. Right. But it wasn't until like when you go back and you look at the various color schemes. Mm-hmm. There's color schemes in the movie, and that's what tells you what the different movies are. Yeah. And you're like. Oh no, I got it now when she's revealed so he goes, if it wasn't for this fucking film, if it wasn't for like these lying prosecutors, if it and wasn't for this, none of this shit would have happened. And that's what I also want to touch upon is I definitely think there's some some really good subtext going on here just in terms of cycles of abuse. Yeah. And what the kids went through because as it turns out, the kids were abused they're an abusive household the father was horrible to the mother that whole scene when he's uh when she's like pours the coffee on her and just you see all the nasty that's going that's going on so we're not going to obviously say the homicides were justified no but there was a cause and but an he was because it comes out you the ones that he was really just protecting him and his sister yep. from the abuse it wasn't like child goes on a supernatural spree it was child defends sister but the because of the prosecutor because of the reporter because the system, of the, it failed them it ultimately. failed them and so they took revenge upon yeah. it you know it was up to the sister and even she was she didn't even know that he was going to be there he was like i'm just doing this for you that's right and that's and what I, I don't know where you're at but i hope you realize what i'm doing for you Okay, and now even talking about that, that's starting to put some some things so, together here. Again, super spoilers. Of course, of so course. when the man that goes in, he grabs the picture of the girl that escaped, the final girl, and he goes in. That was really him. That was really Bogus because of the scar. That's right on his cheek, and so he was actually going to go play out. What if the movie they're playing about me? I'm going to go see it and fuck everybody up. Well, but he didn't get the chance because everybody's fucked up. Already. You know, so well, and the fact that he already shot his student film, I guess, ultimately beforehand. That was the sister. 
That well, okay, that was the sister. Oh, that that's, was she the was sister. filming, and he was. She, she, no, right. no, that was the. She was filming the director of the film killing the other family. Okay, so it was the. Okay, goodness, great. See, August I thought, was still in jail. That's right. that was the sister the whole time. Holy shit! And that entire sequence. That's your, that's the third movie. That's Saw. The Saw. Yeah, that is that was a heartbreaking. Because the you acting can, you in can, that. Yeah, you can scream and like ah, I'm being attacked and I'm being in my hand. Ah, right, but. To be they, conflicted on that, like, do you want to die? Do you want your family to die? Do you want to do this horrible shit? That was some mean. That was it mean. Was, the, but the acting, though, was for me, really, was really good. Yeah, yeah, I it, was. That was again. It's not a fun movie, and that was really not fun. Mm-hmm. And multiple moments throughout the film, you have people saying, "I'm not ready to die." Yeah, I don't want to die. I do not want to die. And I leave just, my family alone, please. It's. Uh, violence has consequences in this film. And like I said, it is not pleasant to watch. And it's a reminder of the fragility of life that, you know, if you go in for your work shift, you do not expect to be going face to face against some child killer, you know, out of prison. Mm -hmm. who has been triggered by things. You just anticipate getting home to your sick daughter, hopefully. Yeah, the whole time. So you're rooting for her to win. And then when you find out the bag is actually has her picture now. Then you're like, man, fuck. Oh no, you're fuck. I mean, this this could this could theoretically launch a franchise. I I wouldn't be surprised. You could definitely do a follow up with this, and and had because the legend's already right there. Oh, it's already established. Are yeah. you kidding? Like that's a cursed theater at this point. It is. Like you don't want to go anywhere near that. Um, do you think maybe they were trying to do that? I don't know. I just think it was a. I think they wanted to make a good twist. Yeah. And like I think like leaving it open in like that. Even if nothing else comes from it, it's still a good twist ending, and it's it does leave the door open. I don't think they were going for it, but a happy accident's a happy accident. No, completely, completely. You know? And I would not complain. Because it wasn't a Friday the 13th. No, it's... You know, coming out of the ocean, or coming out of the lake type. And there aren't really... I didn't count all that many jump scares. This was more just dread. It was just dread. The, the one scene that scared the fuck out of me is when he's like... Um, when the boyfriend is sitting in the... Uh, the little ticket t- booth and he's like man I, I if i can just get up if i can just get up i can do this right and he just after you think he died and then the pan shot and the killer's been there the whole yeah. time just watching and just laughing and just waiting and i was like that was a good creepy shot because i wasn't ex- i didn't see him there yeah. not until they pan him like holy oh. shit he's there and then like when he's just kind of like stumbling down the hall just kind of like stammering but here's my beef I wrote down three times, keep fucking him up. Keep yeah. fucking him up. There was three scenes right in a row when if they would have just kept fucking him up, especially when they realized he was human. Do you think potentially they got zapped? I guess so. I think so. Because they did drop the knife a few times. And there was times where I was like, pick up the knife. But then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, well, Cabin in the Woods Richard rules. Jenkins is, Yeah, Richard know. Jenkins is asleep. Um, <laughs> no. I really like... I didn't... I It was... <laughs> Where's Alan? Where's Alan? Well, we found where Alan was. I think that was kind of unfortunate that he was ceremoniously killed off off screen. Uh, he was the hired muscle, you know. Yeah, well, I, he still would have been nice to see him go. Sure. Well, you know, there may be a, a budget thing potentially. Yeah, I think know? so. Or they could only add him for one day or something. <laughs> or it's in his contract. But um, the I like the fact that you thought that the guy was the the killer, the red herring guy. You know, and the fact that he wasn't, not yeah. until like the final act when you saw him dead. Well, and there's even a moment when the killer- they put it two or two together. Well, and he even says something along the lines of, uh, have you killed before? And they go into that confrontation and you realize that I'm trying to remember the, the main guy's name, but he mentions the fact Jaku, that, I think. that he would been pulled off of the streets. He was so close. I think he even said I was so close to being scum or something along yeah. the lines. So until Pac Joe saved me. So that's when, when Pac oh, Joe, oh. I didn't want to see Pac Joe I get know, it. Cause I even know. though he was the cr- uh, grumpy old boss, yeah, you know, we're getting there. Right. But until the, cause he had a point, like you want to leave every fucking day early. So fine, get out of here. Come early, and I'll see you later. And I was like, okay, that's a, eh, I can understand. But he's, let's close up early. You know, you don't want to see him go. Of and when not. he goes out, so mean spiritedly and violently. Yeah, so violently. Well, you know what? They actually, they give time for these characters to grieve. Yeah. Which I also noticed and I appreciated a lot that in all these in all of the movies when we got these high body counts and someone dies, you know, you scream and you're over it. Here. They let the hurt happen, mm-hmm. and that makes it more effective. So you feel for those the, the, those kills, even when it's not 
when they're grieving for the wrong reasons, like, oh, all because of this money and they're throwing the money. And right. like, well, the other one's like, well, I mean, I'll take it yeah. if we're going to survive anyway. <laughs> you know, but it makes sense because, like, you know, they, they don't know what's going on. We don't know nope. what's going on. And so, like, to see that interplay, like, it, co- it kind of almost broke my heart, but I almost saw it and I, I almost agreed when he's like, you know, we probably should leave them and go do our own thing. And that, the one was like, how could you? And I'm even thinking, like, how could you do that? First of all, you're follow, you're going against the horror rules. Second of all, that's fucking fucked up. But then, like, he's already dead. I don't want to drag him along. And she needs to, like, we got to go. It's weird. And again, it's hard to judge. Like, but when self-preservation kicks in, you know, that's, that yeah. is your ba- most base instincts trying to protect you. So to go against that, that's tough. Ultimately, you have to have, mm-hmm. and to say you have more control over your base instincts, that's tough. Again, yeah. that's, that's triple tough. You don't know what you're going to do, but at no, least they, no, at it's... least they try to fight. Yeah. When uh, I like the fact that he was holding the killer through the little through the glass, and that, that's when I was like, keep fucking him up, keep fucking him up, <laughs> like get the scissors and us him, just stick, 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 right? <laughs> and so like, yeah, yeah. Then we'd, we'd be stuck with an hour and fifteen minute movie, which hey, you know. I'm, not not bad, not bad. It, the, well, this movie was only about an hour. And, it's an hour forty. Yeah, it wasn't it was that good. long. No, that's really good. Uh, when he tied him up and did that saw movie on him, and the, that whole that whole saw that was Again, that, that was sequence. rough. That was rough. But did you notice when they're doing the recreate? What the second viewing is when I finally I was putting all the pieces together. When they were doing the recreation, they had the doll as the. Um, as the other victim, if the doll oh, really got killed, if the doll, if the sister really got killed by the brother, they would have brought another surrogate. That would make sense. And so that's why, I'm like, because of my lies and all of that, that's why I don't. So that's why this movie deserves. I because I had to watch because I was like, I liked it, but it didn't make a hundred percent sense to me because there was still a lot of things I might have missed or because the, the the subtitles do go fast sometimes. They, they went really they fast. went really fast, fast like, a few times on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but looking back on it from knowing what I know now, putting all the pieces together at the beginning, it definitely is a really good rewatch. And I think a lot of, a lot of things got missed on the first go round. And shout out here to the director. Um, are you going to Giannata Rona, uh, Sadi, Sadi, Giannata Rona, Sadi, and cut. Cut the teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, second AD on a few of the films that we were talking about earlier, The Raid. Uh-huh. The Raid 2. And VHS. VHS 2. She was part of that whole uh, cult uh, yes. one. Oh, which yes. Is, which is my favorite one out of the whole series. I was going to say, that's one of my top segments of any anthology. Yeah, that like, one was amazing. If I'm putting together my Mount Rushmore of anthology skits, that might be in there, man, because that one is yeah. unsettling. Yeah, and contains one of the all-time great laugh-out-loud moments for me, because of as intense as it is, and what happens and what chases him. Come on, now that is so over the top and ridiculous. That was insane. I was like, wait, what? And I was like, okay, you won. I'm good. Like, let's okay. keep going. All right, let's, let's, let's go. Run, run, run. <laughs> but it makes sense. This is you a, can see some of those elements. Yeah, this is a good twisty, turny one. And like I said, this one is the one that like I I would suggest going back and filling in the blanks. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you put this on my radar because otherwise I would have never seen this. I didn't. I I finally I watched the trailer after I watched the movie because again I'm just trying to go in blind. And trailer's different, isn't it? Very much so. It's not that. Mo- it's not the movie. I'm glad I didn't watch it. It's not the movie. It would have really set me up. I don't know badly potentially, but I don't think I would have enjoyed the viewing. As again, I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't fun, but I really. It's a good movie. Yeah, but it's who, a good slasher one. Who do you recommend this to then? Slasher fans. Okay, I would recommend this to slasher fans. I would recommend this. I would recommend this to patient slasher fans. That's fair. You know, if all you want, if all you want to see is guts and gore and blood, you will get that in this movie. But if you want a little bit more, I think you will like this. I, I think you will appreciate this movie. Um, it's not Shakespeare. No, <laughs> I mean it's you know it's not I, Shakespeare. I, I don't go to a midnight movie for Shakespeare. Right, my we're not talking about fucking Citizen Kane over here. It's not even the Citizen Kane of slashers, but it's a well serviceable, decent slasher, especially for something that I have. 
no expectations of. And it's, that, it was sur- su- surprisingly surpassed. Yeah. And that's the thing. When I, I went in just with the lower expectations, and I've never really been burnt based on that, um, but this one, had I even gone in with higher expectations, I would have been satisfied. Mm-hmm. Now... I don't know if I will revisit this film. I would maybe with a crowd potentially, or maybe with some friends here. Um, but it was kind of a rough first time viewing by myself. But it also, I think that also plays pretty well as um, just because it is, it's a movie theater setting. So no, yeah. no, I take that back. You want to see this in theater. You know what? Pair this with like demons, uh, stage fright, any of those kind of movies. Popcorn. That, popcorn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, porno. Nightmare cinema. You could, you could put an entire marathon. A movie based. A movie's based in movies or set mm-hmm. in the theater. And being that it has been so long since we've been in there, um, where do you think we would survive better? In the draft house or at Screenland, if we get some errant killer that is triggered by some movie we're hosting, because we I know Screenland armor pretty well in the backgrounds, but you know Alamo and that old the old Alamo there we would have a better chance of hiding and hiding surviving there. in the Alamo with the old Alamo with the up and the down, but we'd have a better chance of fighting back in in the, Screenland if if we were okay if we were to be sieged upon. Our chances of survival would be better in Screenland. If the siege or if we were saboteured or something was already inside, our chances would be better at Alamo. Two totally different films. Two totally different scenarios. Absolutely. I mean, like, but it's all like, where are we surviving? Because, like, if the killer's outside trying to get in, it would be way easier to guard Screenland. Yeah. Way easier. But it's like the killer's one of us. Like, like yeah. if Mount ah. Baldy turns to be the killer, or it's demons, right? Where he gets possessed, or, or somebody. You know, in Where's the Mount Baldy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Shit. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that now. <laughs> if you see, where's Mount Baldy? <laughs> Slap. But uh, <laughs> no. But like, let's say for example, like you know, what somebody gets infected in the theater or is the killer and he's already bought right. his ticket. Then Alamo, we need to be. I like that, and in the fact that we've actually we've had a chance to see demons at both uh, Screenland and the Draft House. Well, we're fucked at Tapcade. Yeah, that's true. We're fucked. I mean, like, <laughs> unless we could use the escape at the back tunnels. But, like, I ain't becoming no chud food. Oh, goodness gracious. That's beautiful. So, obviously, we enjoyed this one quite a bit. I definitely highly recommend to check it out to expand your palate, um, expand your slasher, you know, pedigree for the most part. I I am now more interested in Indonesian genre cinema. And there's so much more out there that we can explore. And, again, that's kind of the beauty of the whole thing that I've been doing this whole I've seen that is to make sure to discipline myself to be a better movie watcher, to not just go back to those things I'm familiar with, to challenge myself, to expand the palette, all of those things and more. And I couldn't have done it without that recommendation. So thank you, genius. Thank Abby. Thank you, Abby. Thanks, Abby. Abby, You know, go back to our blood diner episode, actually. She died. Go back to our turbo kid episode. Oh yeah. I will say this. Abby is one of the best cosplayers here in the area. Her apple, apple, her Ellen, and Ellen name. Her, uh, no, no. Um, uh, oh my god uh, uh, Wayne's World Oh uh, her Cassandra Cassandra oh my god Seriously. Yeah her Cassandra was fucking spot on <laughs> It's ridiculous And yeah thank you for the recommendation This was really cool This was good this was good So uh, this is actually closing out the month of June I think here in July we'll probably go themed again Since we should have a full month I will talk off mic because I'm not going to commit us to anything on air, mm-hmm. um, but we'll definitely have a lot of good stuff coming up here in the hot month of July. And I know if you're interested, potentially our commentary in the month of July, uh, exclusive through Patreon, I, I, we're not going to say what it is, but give them a little hint there, genius. Hey, eat shit and die. Eat shit and live. So until the next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. <laughs>